when you have trauma of any kind, particularly, but, you know, sexual for me, but any kind of trauma, the one piece everyone loses is trust. Mm -hmm. Everyone loses trust. And the one thing that you need to step back into yourself and figure it out is trust. Yeah. So you have to actually align back with trust, like embrace trust, find that trusted individual, find that trusted program, trust me, trust the process and give it some time, but have that trust. Because if you don't start trusting yourself again and trusting others, you're not going to move forward. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Journey of a Fearless Female. I am your host, Paola Rosser, and this week my guest is Cheryl Greenfield. She's a resilience architect, a trauma empowerment coach, and has navigated a 50-year journey from sexual trauma, a survivor to a thriver. Now she guides others on a transformative journey of healing, self-acceptance, and empowerment. Dedicated to sparking resilience, she helps individuals shed their trauma and rediscover their inner strength to thrive with unparalleled radiance. Everybody, please welcome Cheryl. Hi, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to have you. Tell us about your fearless female journey. It's been 50 years. So let's go back to the very beginning where it all started. Okay, I'd love to tell this story. So I was age 12 when this began and I wanted to babysit worse than anything in the world. And so my uh, aunt and uncle needed a babysitter. And mm -hmm. so I was going to be their babysitter. And my mother, you know, taught me things to do and listen to the adults and do what the adults say. Mm -hmm. And that was key. And so I went to my first babysitting event at age 12. And then my uncle brought me home, except he stopped the car. And he said, here's the rest of the babysitting that you do. When you do a really good job, you get the man ready for his wife. And with that, you get more money. And with that, he had his hands down, like my shirt, filling me up. And I was really, I literally jumped out of the car, grabbed the money and ran in the house. And of course, the first thing my mother said to me is, did you do what they told you to do? And I just went, yes. And I went to my room oh my and gosh. I was like, this doesn't sound normal. Right. But yeah. But Maybe these are the things they don't tell you as you get older. And she kept, she kept really driving home the point, do what the adults say. And maybe yeah. she just didn't want to tell me. So that went on for a bit. Was this uncle on your mom's side or your dad's side? Was he the brother of your uh, mother? Or? Neither. He actually was married to my dad's sister. Oh, okay. So he was a brother-in-law. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Brother-in-law. And, um, so I continued babysitting and after a while, I, I kind of realized this doesn't seem right. Yeah. And, and it was getting worse every time, of course. And so I asked some friends of mine about, you know, do you guys do the thing like, like the thing after babysitting? And they're like, what thing? I'm like, you know, the thing where you get the guy ready for his wife. They didn't even have to answer because the look on their face told <laughs> like me Like my everything. look on my face? Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. was like. 
what? Yeah. And, you know, I was super naive. I, I can admit that I wasn't around anything like that. And mm-hmm. that hadn't been shared in my life. And so I was naive and I knew them. So then I went and I said, you know what, this isn't right. I'm, we're not going to, this isn't happening. And he goes, oh, it's happening. And from that point on, it shifted. And so it wasn't a thing that I could stop because he was military. He was very prominent in the community. He was well-respected. He had a whole different persona behind closed doors, uh, threatening, threatened to kill me, threatened to kill my family if I ever told. And that sent me on a six-year journey to the age of 18. Oh, my God. And there were times when I would try to step out to tell this story to somebody, but he would squash it every time. And even once I even said to my aunt, listen, he's touching me. He's doing things to me that he shouldn't be doing to me. And he came around the corner. He goes, why would you ever say that? Oh my God, we need to call your parents. There's something wrong with you. And so he just threw me right under the bus and she turned around my aunt and she said, yeah, why would you ever say something like that? We've been so good to you, giving you babysitting money. And, and so I just went around the corner to grab my jacket and he came right behind me and walked by me. He goes, no one will ever believe you. Oh God. And so I I got stuck in it. Right. And then he got very creative because he would call for babysitting while his, while my aunt was at work because he had to go to the squad meeting. He used to run on emergency services and then he had to go to a meeting and I knew what that meant. (laughs) But he would call my mom and set it up through my mom and I wouldn't want to go. And she's like, no, you have to go. So I was stuck in a rock and a hard place. Right. So I I just, there was really no way out until the age of 18. And at the age of 18, I went to college. Mm -hmm. So I moved away, but you know, I stuffed a lot of this down and I had to keep very quiet about it. So I became very shallow in relationships because I really didn't want to get close to anyone because I was afraid I would say something. And then he would cut, like, he was a very scary dude. He made me believe he would kill people yeah. if I, if I said something right. And I was super unhappy at college and I really just wanted to forget it all. So, you know, I did all the dumb things. I did the alcohol. I tried the drugs. I even tried to kill myself. Thank goodness I wasn't successful at it. Yeah. At that time, I managed to get through college and I started counseling and and went to counselors and counseling helped, but it never really got me out of it. Yeah. I always had this inner critic. You're no good. You're unworthy. Had all kinds of scripts he had put into me that just kept coming up. I had one bad relationship after another at age 22. And and I look back now on this at age 22, I really didn't understand it. I had um, a lot of female problems with endometriosis mm. and I'd had a lot of surgeries. I was seeing a specialist and now I can look back on it and I can see that most likely it was stuffing down all of this um, bad stuff yeah. and it just came out in physical form because that's mm-hmm. what we know happens right when we hold stuff within it's going to come out physically somewhere right yes absolutely so so um at 22 I finally I was so miserable and I was having so much pain the doctor went in and um I actually had to have a complete hysterectomy oh my god because I had cancer cells so 
not only did I deal with all of this, now I deal with the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm getting married and I can't have kids, mm. but at least I got life. So I can look at the positive side of that, you know, yeah. and the doctor talked to me for a long time that this isn't what I wanted. If I could have saved any part of it, I would, he said, but if I did not do this, you will, you will not have life yeah. because it was, it was cancer cells of the uterus. So, so at that time I, I just took that for what it was. Right. Yeah. I just moved on. I got lucky. I adopted a lovely little baby girl. Oh. She's 33. Now my daughter. And, but because of all of the problems, I chose wrong partners. And yeah. so who I married, uh, he was mostly an alcoholic and mm-hmm. he was a very angry man and it was not a good relationship. So again, I, I kept through counseling and counseling got me functioning in life. Yeah. Like I could function. I became a nurse. I had a very long 40 year career as a nurse. I could be a mother. I could be the wife. I just wasn't happy doing anything. Yeah. I lived with depression and anxiety all of the time. <sighs> and my life was miserable. Yeah. And, but I held that secret yeah. all the way up first until 2013 was, was really the next point. Um, because see, even as an adult, he made sure I was keeping the secret. He would show up every so often family events, uh, family reunions. And he would say, you better keep your mouth shut. So he always, every so often would pop in. In 2013, my mom was dying in hospice. Mm -hmm. He came in support with my aunt. And So I knew why he was there because most people, when they have grief, they spill the beans, right? They like yeah. got to clear things clear up before the people die. Yeah. yeah. And I most likely would have done that. That was a moment I thought maybe I should just clear the air before mom dies. So she understands why I was the child. I was angry all the time. Oh my gosh. But I so, didn't. So before we go on, like, so you yeah. never told your mom. Never, I never told anyone. And even when you told the aunt, the aunt never called your mom and said, your daughter's saying these things about my husband. Never. Uh-uh. So even after you told your friends, none of your friends said you should go talk to your mom or, or even bring it to the counselor at school. None of that happened. No. None oh of my it. gosh. And there was no way that you could be like, I just I got a different job. I'm working at McDonald's now and I don't have time to babysit. There was no coming out of it at all because he had such a stronghold on you. Pretty much. I did get my own job, by the way, at Uh 16, when I got my license, I drove myself to Wendy's one day Uh and applied and got the job on the spot. And I came home and I told my mom, I got a job now. I don't need to babysit. And she goes, well, you'll work that around the babysitting because they still need you. And you know, it wasn't her fault. She was doing this. She was being manipulated by him as well. I know. Yeah. And it it just is what it was. So I, I tried everything I could to get away from it. And that's probably one of the good things because I signed up for everything. Yeah. To try to get away from him. Was there any other girls in your family or boys in your family that you could feel that maybe were being affected as well by this uncle or Mm -mm. I thought I was the only one right I thought I was the isolated one I had come to that conclusion I I watched I looked for stuff you know to see if it was happening with anyone else actually asked my cousin is is he ever like touched you or anything like that because she babysat and she said no no really yeah and so I'm like 
okay, well, maybe it is just me. This is weird. Yeah. And so mom was in hospice and dying. And then I live right next door. So I was coming over to my house for a minute and he followed me and came right up behind me and grabbed hold of me. And how old and are you said, now? Now I'm 62. So when I went, mom- then in 2013, I was in my fifties. In your fifties and he was grabbing hold of you. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. He came up behind me, which he, he liked to do that a lot. And he, he grabbed my, my arm and leaned in and he goes, you will keep your mouth shut. <sighs> I'm watching. I got these crazy eyes. Remember, I'm always watching you. And so that kind of freaked me out at that moment. Yeah. My mom is dying and yet he's still here to hold this secret. So in 2018, after mom died, and then I didn't have any contact with them. In 2018 is when my whole world shifted mm-hmm. because my cousin called me, which was his daughter, okay, and said, I really got to talk to you because my oldest daughter, Katie, who is um, 18, just came to me and said, my dad's been abusing her since age nine. Oh! <gasps> And she was 18. Oh, God. And I was devastated. And I was devastated on a lot of levels that it's bigger than I thought. I didn't do anything about it. You know, Um, how is he so brilliant to hide all of this? Yeah. So I made the decision right then and there. I was going to step up, right? I was going to stand with her. And I said, listen, you need to listen to her. This is what happened to me. So Mm -hmm. we went out and I told her my story. Um, We went to the police department. I filed a report. It was out of statute of limitations for me, but it stands in support of what, like showing a pattern. Yeah, exactly. And so the investigation began and, you know, it's very unfortunate how big this is Mm -hmm. because at last count right now we have 122 victims. From him? From him. Yes. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. It was a, a lot of family. Um, his daughter, his son, um, his his grandkids. Uh, there were other cousins. There's um every ball team he, he ever coached, every person oh on God. every child on every ball team he ever coached, because he was a baseball coach, and many, many more. Oh my and God. so how did he live with sex? But it's like a whole where did he have time? Like exactly. Yeah. He lived an entire separate life. Yeah. And I have no idea how he managed that to, to keep this persona in, in public, but yet have the, all this other stuff going on and keep everyone separated Yeah, for years. I mean, we're talking years here. Most of them, there were some my age. So he was, he was doing more with them at my age as well. So my God, it, it just mind boggles me to be all honest I I just have no idea he's a master at his craft it's a terrible craft obviously yes and he's he's just a master at his craft and I just don't I I I just don't understand how he did this yeah but for me for so many years and how all 122 victims not one of them stepped forward to say this is happening to me he really was a master at his craft to instill that fear in each one of you to say if you speak i will kill you and i will kill your family right right and he made it he made it clear like you know there was 
once and he like you said he was he was a military background so you believed him and i'm sure because yes. he was a military background you saw guns and knives oh, yeah. or whatever he might have had oh yeah so the fear yeah. was real yeah and if you if you if i ever stood up to him those things would come out like he would grab me around the neck and choke me and you know all kinds of things so as a child that's very scary yes absolutely it's a scary for anyone but particularly as a child so it came out and I stood and I like the hardest thing ever was telling my father yeah you know but, but my family stood in support for me for the most of it but I thought this big weight would be lifted off right I thought finally I don't have to keep a secret this is fantastic and I can just get it all out and I can deal with my shit basically. Mm -hmm. And so it came out and I wasn't prepared for what happened because people did not accept it. They were, I, so many people said, um, wow, don't you feel guilty? You could have stopped all of this because in the wow. timeline, they think I was the first in the timeline that the police put together. And, and they, I, so many people said that to me, it, it might, even that mind boggles me. Like I'm not an adult coming out saying I'm abused. I'm telling you I was a child and I was abused yeah. and manipulated and threatened. And I just didn't feel like I could safely. I think people who have never been in the situation don't understand how real the fear is and how right. when fear gets into you even as a child it's as a child I think it's even more engulfing of your soul that you are surrounded by darkness that you feel like you're drowning and no one yes. can understand and no one can save you exactly not your parents not even the police and I yes. totally understand that fear because you know I was never sexually molested, but I was very physically abused. And like, I remember thinking, no one's going to believe me. No one's going to, yeah, you know, and it's, to me, it's just kind of like, especially when you're a child, you're told to listen to the adults, the adults are right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially your mom is telling you just listen, 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 and you're trying to be a good kid. So of course mm -hmm. you're going to listen. And when you're not taught anything about sex and no one's telling you this is like now my sister teaches my little nieces like this is your private parts. Don't let anyone. But back then mm -hmm. that conversation they wasn't didn't. something that they talked about. So no. for someone to judge you or for someone to tell you, I cannot believe you said anything. They themselves have never been in that physical mental spiritual fear right. that completely debilitates you to the point where you feel like there's no way out there's yeah. no way out and and yeah. the thing is is that those people it makes me sad it makes me uh -huh. sad congratulations that you never had to experience that but you cannot judge someone if you've never been in their shoes to say this is what I would have done. Like, I think about yeah. that all the time because I've been in abusive relationships and people would say, I don't understand you, Paola. You're confident. You're strong. Like, why didn't you just leave? It's easier said than done when you're deep, yeah. deep in the pit of despair. Yeah. And I was there. And and this actually threw me deeper in, into despair because my fiance at the time, we had been together 10 years when this came out and he actually said to me you must have liked it because you didn't <gasps> record it yeah obviously we're not together anymore we could never 
bridge past can, that. No, you can't. We can't. Once we, you said that, it's it done. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. So that relationship moved on. And it's probably a good thing, you yeah. know, in the end. But that threw me into such a spiral. For the first time, I actually thought about killing myself again. Oh. And I knew I was in trouble. Yeah. When I started having those thoughts, I knew I was in trouble. And I had grandbabies now. So, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to go to that depth in my mind again. And counseling, while I, counseling is fantastic, the piece that it never worked for me was getting me out of my head. It yeah. could get me functioning and I could function through life, but I can never stop the actual critic inside of here. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing some more research because I thought I've got to find something that is going to help me yeah. because I, I cannot keep this up, right? I cannot stay in this type of thought processes yeah. because I'm not going to be here this time. If this happens, I could just feel it like caving in on me. And how old are so, you when you had this moment of, I have, I need something more than counseling and therapy. How old were you at this moment? 59, three years ago. Oh my gosh. Okay. Is when that started 59. And I actually saw a little ad on Facebook, believe it or not, that said, you could be one thought away from changing your life. And I was mm. like, really? Hmm. Okay, it intrigues me enough. I'll go watch your little video, right? Yeah. And I went and watched it and it intrigued me even more. And so I continued to watch and get more information. And then I met with um, Dylan Miller, who is my coach, mm -hmm. and she had mindset program and her program is One Thought Away. And I jumped into that. And within really just a few months, I was totally changing my entire life. I finally understood using the laws of the universe, I was able to flip everything that was going on up here. Yes. The law of, the law of polarity, number one, right there. Yes. You know, you're unworthy. No, you're not. You're freaking worthy. Yeah. There's an opposite to everything. And I learned how to do affirmations, started affirming things because I learned your subconscious mind, the, it gets programmed in there and it's mm -hmm. just going to keep up unless you reprogram it. Yes. And absolutely. so, so I jumped fully into this work and now three years later, I'm so passionate about this because it worked so well for me. Like yeah. my life has changed 180 degrees, the other direction. Yeah. And I can say for the first time, I have true joy and happiness within. Mm. I love getting up every day. I, I love talking about this and I love it because I'm helping people. Yeah. Oh, and I love there it. are a lot of lost people out there. I was recently at a conference in Canada with very well-respected six and seven figure women. And they wanted to know my story. And I was telling my story and I could see the, the faces change as we went around the table. And I, I said, if anyone wants to talk to me privately, just come and talk to me. And before mm -hmm. the conference was over that weekend, five of eight, wow. five of eight had come to me and said, I've never told my story to anyone. Oh. So that's how I know there's, there's many, many people out here holding the secret. Yeah. Because 
they've been programmed that way. They're shamed into it. They're blaming themselves. And we yeah. don't have to be doing this. And then you surround yourself with people who are telling you, why didn't you say anything? Or you must have liked it or, you know, and, and that's another thought that you just add to the bucket of negative thoughts that you repeat yourself right? over and over and over again. I think more people are becoming self-aware of their thoughts and how powerful they are. Um, I talk a lot about this in my social media platform and on here. I talk about how I I went down the rabbit hole of near-death experiences and people who cross over and they every single person says that everything is telepathic. The moment you think it, you become it in the other side. And obviously we are like 10% versions of ourselves on this side. So mm -hmm. we're still, our thoughts are so beyond powerful. I talk about it to my clients all the time. A person who's walking in the room thinking, I'm not good enough, I'm stupid, I'm ugly, I'm too fat, nobody loves me you could feel their energy versus mm -hmm. the person that walks in the room confidently saying, I love myself. I look good. Today's a beautiful day. I'm so thankful for this. You could feel the energy between two people. Just like if somebody just found out their dog died or their dad died, their energy oh, yeah. is completely different from the person who just won the lotto or just got into a, a beautiful relationship. Energy, our thoughts are energy. And when mm -hmm. we carry shame and guilt and fear and anxiety those are low vibrating thoughts which will yep. cause you to stay in the darkness which will cause you to the point to have so much darkness envelop you that you do contemplate unaliving yourself because it mm -hmm. feels so dis desperate and you feel so much pain and hurt it really aches every single cell of your body and i love mm -hmm. that earlier you said that you had endometriosis to the point where you had to have a hysterectomy. And that's just your body's defense of like, I don't like what's going on. I'm trying mm -hmm. to protect myself. I don't want anything to be in this area. So I'm going to cause cancer so that nothing happens down there anymore. And so yep. our bodies are constantly doing this to protect ourselves. And we, when we become more aware of like, what's the root cause of all of this pain, then when you release that secret, when you release and share your story, not only are you causing healing for yourself, but you're causing a ripple effect and healing. Like, I love that you said five out of eight of those women came to you and said, I have never told my story. And when you tell your story, not in the place of a victimhood, but in a place of like, this happened to me, but this is what I'm doing now. Because every event we have, we could either choose to let it destroy us and let it continue to have that uh, power over us, or you could take the power back and you can say, not me, not today, not ever again. And I truly right. am so, I, I'm in awe of you. What I love that you said, I was 59 when I decided I could be one thought away. There's never, you're never too late to change your life. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, feel like life is finally beginning for me and I've got a lot of life left to live. And yeah, you do. There are people out here who can do the same. They can do exactly the same. Yes. So as we wrap up this episode, Cheryl, what would be your nugget of wisdom for anyone who has listened to your story and can resonate with what happened to you? You know, my, my nugget is this, when you have trauma of any kind, particularly, but, you know, sexual for me, but any kind of trauma, the one piece 
everyone loses his trust. Mm -hmm. Everyone loses trust. And the one thing that you need to step back into yourself and figure it out is trust. Yeah. So you have to actually align back with trust, like embrace trust, find that trusted individual, find that trusted program. Trust me, trust the process and give it some time, but have that trust because if you don't start trusting yourself again and trusting others, you're not going to move forward. And that's the reason one of my programs I do is actually called Trust, Rise and Thrive. Mm, I love it. Because you've got to get trust first before you can ever rise and get to that thriving point. Yeah. Definitely trusting yourself because sometimes, mm -hmm. like, especially when you experience trauma, you question yourself a lot, you know, especially when people yes. are around you and they're like, you know, telling you the adults are correct, or this is the way it's supposed to be done. Or especially with someone else is like causing you, your abuser is calling, causing you to question yourself a lot coming back home to self and really trusting yourself, loving yourself and believing you, you know, because sometimes when you have been abused and you tell somebody and they negate your feelings or they tell you it didn't happen a certain way, or they tell you, like you said, your aunt said, how dare you say that? You know, we've been so good to you. Well, uh, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> I don't care right. if this is good to me, then I don't want it anymore. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? And it's just kind of like, you have to come back to home and give yourself everything that you, that the adults never gave you. And I, it's just such a beautiful story. And I love that. Like you said, People, I was just listening to a YouTube video that most of the people that are homeless in downtown Los Angeles have some or most all been sexually, physically, emotionally abused by their guardian, their mm -hmm. parent, and everyone has a choice. And like you said earlier, you're one thought away from changing your life. And you could continue to think those negative thoughts like I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm undeserving. I don't. Nobody loves me. Nobody will ever understand me. And you can go down that pit of despair and the darkness and let it swallow you up with drugs, alcohol, and continue the pattern of abuse, not just to others, but to yourself. Or you can change your thought to something positive. And it's not easy. I'm sure, Cheryl, how long did it take you to really correct that record, that negative record that always played? Well, I would say a good full two years. And it's still ongoing. Yeah. There are times, there are times that it still will pop up, you know, your, your vibe dips down a little bit and it just kind of rises or every now and then I'll get triggered, especially if someone grabs me suddenly. Mm. I, I actually uh, hit someone recently. I'm just out of reflex and I knew him. He's very nice. And he came up behind me and grabbed my arm and I swung right around and I mean, it just, it was like a reflex, a reflex. Right? Yeah. 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 So because the trauma is stored in your body. <laughs> right. And, um, those things do come up, but the, the good thing about now is, is I have all the tools and all I have to do is remind myself, wait a minute, wait a minute here. <laughs> mm -hmm. I can use this tool. Let me get myself out of that. 
and I don't spend much time in there now. I can flip it pretty quickly when those things oh. do come up. And that's the key. Because oh. once you learn these tools, you'll always have these tools moving forward. And yes. for some people, they may be able to do it very quickly. For some, it may take a few years. But either way, you're already on the journey of progress toward the better life. Yes, absolutely. My question is, what would you tell somebody who says, I don't need a coach. Like I have my therapist, I have my friends. Um, what would you tell somebody? But you clearly see that they're still not living their happy, most authentic life. What would you say to someone that says, I don't really need a coach. Therapy's just enough for me. <laughs> I would say, are you really happy in your life? Because it looks like you're not. And I'm telling you, there's a better way to live life. I will always have a coach from now on, because that's somebody who will call me on my crack, right? Mm -hmm. She she doesn't let me off the hook. Like, so if I'm starting to get away and, and I'm starting to, to go down a, a bunny trail of despair, she's mm -hmm. going to grab me at that point and say, wait a minute, what are you doing? Yeah. And we need those people in our lives. Yeah. And, and what would you say is the difference between having a coach and a friend that could just do that? Because some people are like, I don't want to invest in myself and buy a coach when I could just do it with a friend, right? Because a coach knows all of the process. A coach knows every step that you need to take. And they're able to guide you specifically for your problem. Everyone's going to be at a different spot. Your friend, while they have really good intentions, can say, you know, you need to get out of your head or whatever the case is. But they don't have the tools. They haven't learned the tools. They don't understand the tools. And they don't understand what tools should be applied for this particular situation. Oh. And that's why you really need a coach. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. All right, Cheryl, where can my audience find you? Well, most recently, I'm here to say on this one, I am now going to have my own TV show on <gasps> Win Win Women's Network. I met with the producer yesterday. Congratulations. Thank you. It's going to be, uh, you can get it. It's live streamed on Roku TV, Apple TV, and Fire TV and YouTube. Nice. And um, it's going to be Thursdays at 9 a.m. It starts next Thursday will be my debut on that. So you can find me over there. I'll be uh, having a topic every week. And it is an interactive platform where people could come in and ask questions. Ooh. So I like that piece to it. Um, also, I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Of course, you can always find me out on social media. I'm on every social media platform as Cheryl Greenfield. And the end of September, I'm involved in a women's summit, Get Out of Her Own Damn Way is Ooh. what it's called. And there's 20 women who are coming in to tell their story and talk about how they've overcome things and uh sell their programs but you get access to all of that if you come into the summit so Ooh, where's the that's summit on at? My social media. it's going to be virtual oh this okay. year it's going to be virtual next year it's going to be live i'm understanding but this year it's <laughs> going to be virtual it's september 27 28 29 and uh that's on my social media so if you go over to cheryl greenfield and over on facebook i've got it up there and I'll have all of her links in the show notes. So if you're interested in going to her event or following her on social media, make sure you go to the show notes. Thank you again, Cheryl. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me to come on here and talk about this. And, and if it helps one person, it was so worth it to do this. Right. Thank you again for listening to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. 
If you're looking for a life coach or a spiritual mentor, you can book a free discovery call with me at www.fearlessfemale.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at fearlessfemale underscore coach. Subscribe to my YouTube channel at Fearless Female or find me on TikTok. I'm under at paola.rosser. And if you love this episode, make sure you hit subscribe, share it with your friends and leave a review. I read every single review and I truly appreciate the time you spend writing it.